Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming in Esther Nagel from the United Kingdom. Now, after 20 years of addiction, she is now a sober, tattooed, single mother rock chick yoga teacher with ADHD, of which she was just diagnosed with one year ago. So folks, she has an amazing story to share. Grab your favorite cup of coffee or whatever beverage you choose. Sit back, relax, and take a listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. I am your host, Kim Langling. And today I have with me Esther Nagel from South Wales. She is a sober, tattooed, single mother, rock chick, yoga teacher with ADHD. She's been sober for six years and was just diagnosed with ADHD um, last year at the age of 46. She has had a colorful life, spontaneous and adventurous, even in sobriety. Esther's also written a book about her recovery and the yoga that guided her there and now focuses her teaching and writing on helping women with ADHD calm the emotional storms and to find inner peace. So thank you so much for joining me, Esther. I am really excited actually to hear about your journey because it sounds like it may have been a bit of a bumpy road, um, but you found your... (laughs) You found your way through it. And I love how you say on here that you're writing, you're teaching and your writings. You're helping people to calm the emotional storms and find inner peace. I love that sentence. So welcome to Let Fear Bounce. I'm so, so excited to have you on as a guest. Thank you, Kim. It's really lovely to be here. And absolutely, yes, to say it's been a bumpy journey. <laughs> it's been of an understatement, really. <laughs> Big bumps and deep potholes along the way. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey. I know you've got here sober, tattooed, single mother, rock chick yoga teacher with ADHD. That's a lot. That's a lot in one sentence. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your journey. <laughs> That's the edited version too. <laughs> those are just those are just my favorite bits of the, the the very lengthy description. So yeah, I mean, I I um, it's hard to know where to start really because the journey is where, where do you start when you're talking about a life? But um, really, I suppose that the journey that we what we we're really talking about here began when I was 40. They say life begins at 40. And my life began, um, this life began at 40 with a breakdown. Um, a long overdue breakdown. It was years in the making. And um, it was one of those uh, moments that felt agonizing at the time. But when I look back, it was probably the one of the best things that ever happened to me because what it meant I had to do was look at myself um probably for the first time with slightly different eyes I had to look at my life and what I was doing um and and be a bit started I, I learned how to be a bit honest with myself after years of of not really um being honest about who I was or or even knowing who I was um, it wasn't a case of not being honest. I just didn't know who I was. 
And so when I was 40, I had this breakdown and I, uh, I quit my job. I was a single mum. I have three sons. So my eldest was 18, but he wasn't living with us then. Um, I think he'd gone to France at that point, having adventures. And I had a 13-year-old and a three-year-old. No, he was 13 when she... I had a teenager and a toddler. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> Um, but he, so, so life was pretty difficult. You know, I was, I was, um, going through some huge family related challenges, um, various things going on and work problems. And, and I ended up having to give up a very well paid job just so I could essentially allow myself time and space to fall apart. And in that falling apart, I made the seemingly mad decision at the time that what I really needed to do, despite having no money, was train to be a yoga teacher. I've been doing yoga for quite a few years and I, I knew I wanted to be a yoga teacher. Um, and I made this decision and as luck would have it, there was a new teacher training course starting near to where I was living. So I was able to go and, and I enrolled on that teacher training course. Now, that course changed my life completely. And if you told me at the start of that course that I was going to emerge from that training sober and um, actually happily sober, I wouldn't have believed that I could have been happily sober and I would have been absolutely terrified at the prospect. And I probably wouldn't have done the training because at that point, alcohol was, I thought, my best friend. Now, I, I had human friends, but alcohol was the one that, you know, hugged me at night when I was on my own and feeling miserable. Um, clearly not my friend. It was kind of suffocating me as I as it was doing that. But I was deep in um, 20 years of alcoholism and I had no idea. I, I, I had moments of, of insight and, and clarity about what I was and how I was living my life, but I always ignored those. You know, I created a social life that, that consisted of people who drank like me, or people who drank more than me. So I was always able to say, no, it's fine. This is normal. This is normal behavior. Um, but through the course of my yoga teacher training, and particularly through learning to breathe properly, um, I developed all these tools to, um, firstly, to, to manage my emotions, to manage my stress levels. And I, I'd, I'd had a very stressful life. My entire life has been quite challenging. Um, and, and so through yoga, I had these other tools to allow myself to relax and to calm my nervous system down and to be able to sleep. Um, and it also gave me these tools to be able to look at myself with more compassion and more acceptance than I'd ever thought possible. You know, I was able to look at mistakes that I'd made in the past and sort of accept that I'd made them and stop beating myself up for them. And, you know, I had a lot of mistakes that I beat myself up for a lot. And even looking at those, looking at my past was, was horrific in some parts, you know, terrifying, really awful kind of truths that I had to confront about myself. But also I was able to forgive myself and see that, you know, that yes, I made this bad decision here, but that didn't happen in a vacuum. This was to see the lead up to these things and to see the, the path that I was on and how that decision that I made in that moment was actually the only decision I could have made at the time. So I was able to forgive my younger self and a lot of other people who would hurt me. Um, so that was, you know, that was an incredible 
place to get to where I was then able to to get to a point where I thought actually I, I don't need to to do this to myself with the drinking and the smoking and the drugs anymore and I was able to gradually embrace sobriety and got to a point where actually it wasn't scary but it was something I wanted in life. So you started and I, I take notes as folks are talking. I there's so many there's so many things that you've brought up. It's just amazing. Your journey has just been amazing. And I was I let first off, I love how you say you never envisioned yourself being able to be happily sober. I love no, that. I that's that's that. a that's a title of a book right there. Happily sober. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> jot that down. <laughs> That's that's a wonderful title for a book, Happily Sober. Seriously, at least that's how I'm a writer and an author too. So that's how it popped in my head. But first off, love that. Over 20 years, you were um, drinking and, and doing drugs and such like that. That's a long time. That is a long time. And then how you said that you confronted your truth. You confronted your truth and you were eventually able to forgive your younger self. There are so many people walking this planet that are unable to do that. And that you started yeah. your yoga training. Had you been to any type of Alcoholics Anonymous or anything like that? Or it was literally you just started your yeah. yoga training and that was your own that was your own impetus to get you to 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 not want to have to drink all the time or do drugs all the time. That's what it was. Yeah. Literally starting that yoga course, nothing else. Yeah, yeah, I've never been, I have been to one um, AA, one 12 step meeting, but it was part of a conference that I was at and I went along for curiosity to find out what happens in a 12 step meeting, not for the 12 step meeting itself. I've never been in any program other than yoga. Um, wow. it, it's, I find, I just think that a, is amazing. That is amazing. Way to go about it. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously. Yeah, yeah, you don't need Obviously it worked for you and it's working for you. Yeah. I literally, I'm yes. in awe. I am in awe. I've got, um, I've got family members that uh, were alcoholics for years and years. And one is no longer with us. They literally drank themselves right into the grave. And the other one is now just hitting three years sober. And what a journey they had, but they had to go through all of the steps. They had to have that structured regimen and having um, the sponsor, you know, that either reach out to and, you know, when they have a tough day. And for you to take that all on yourself, first off, tremendously courageous. So I just want to hug you. I just, I just want to give you a big old <laughs> hug and say, well done, because I've seen the struggle of my family members that have gone through it. Um, so I can't say that I, I can understand, but I've seen the struggle of others. So goodness gracious, mm -hmm. well done you, well done. And uh, to find something that you're passionate about and that helped you to heal. And I think that's what it is. It was healing, right? It, it, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. It was healing. I, I found healing there. And I found that... Um, you know, the, in, in the 12 step thing, there's this idea of the higher power and that you have to surrender yourself and your problems to this higher power. Well, I actually found it inside me. I don't believe that there's a high, I mean, 
Some people have told me that yoga is my higher power and maybe it is, but what yoga actually gave me was, was this connection with the part of me that wasn't a miserable alcoholic. Um, and it showed me that that is actually who I am. I'm not a miserable alcoholic. I don't define myself as an alcoholic now. I will argue for hours with anyone who insists that I should call myself an alcoholic. I'm not. I'm not the same person I was six years ago. I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. I'm not going to define myself by my behavior when I now behave differently. You know, I, I, I'm not that same person. We, we allow criminals to be rehabilitated and not call themselves criminals once they don't engage in criminal activity anymore. So I'm not, I'm not, a, I, I don't see myself as an alcoholic because I have these tools now. And even though life has been spectacularly hard in so many ways for the last six years, and I mean, the last 12 months, especially so, at no point have I, I've had a couple of moments where I thought about it, but at no point have I had that raving or that like I need to I need someone to hold me back from going to the store to buy a bottle of wine or something you know there's been moments when it's passed through my mind but then it's gone again um and and that's because I've I've got because because I know it's down to me I don't need any external source for my my sobriety doesn't isn't the responsibility of a sponsor or a higher power it's my responsibility and the moment that I knew I was going to be able to do it was during a, a, a class, one of our teacher training classes, when I something that my teacher said made that, and I remember having the thought in response to whatever she said, that this is it, this is on me, it's all on me. I've created this situation and it doesn't matter who has hurt me along the way and who was kind of influenced how my life has gone it's my life and if I want to sort it out there's no one else going to do it for me I have to do it for myself and in that moment that that was a scary realization it was terrifying but it was also really empowering because I knew that you know well I want this better life so if I want this better life then then I can create it and, and I can do this and and I I find the I mean I've, I've never wanted to to go down the 12-step route because I actually find that idea quite disempowering. Um, whereas knowing, you know, seeing my higher power is me, it's the it's the best version of me that I can be, then that is I can you know, I can do it then. I know I've got the strength to do it. it it's amazing. It, it I was just gonna say it takes tremendous amount of strength. And like I said a couple minutes ago, I'm in awe of that that strength that you have. And I can only hope that people listening to this and hearing your words, if they happen to be in that spot or they have a loved one that's in that spot, you can find that strength. No matter where you're at, you can find that strength. I just, that's such a powerful message. Now you said, you had mentioned in your intro that um, you had written a book. So tell us about the book. Yes. So the book came out, so I, I, you mentioned in, in introducing me that I have ADHD and I didn't know that I had ADHD for quite a long time. But the book is actually probably the most ADHD thing I've ever done in my entire life. I, um, I deactivated my Facebook account for a month a few years ago. And about a week into that um, Facebook fast, I got challenged <laughs> to write a book to publish at a conference that I was going to be speaking at in India. And I had about a month 
And I'd already had quite a lot of stuff that I'd written, but it wasn't a book. You know, there was stuff that I'd written that I could have, that I could start from, but it wasn't a book. And um, I spoke to an editor friend of mine and I said, right, I've got this lunatic idea. I want to write a book in a month. If I do the writing, can you help the editing? And she's as crazy as I am. So she said, yeah, we can do that. And so I spent a month writing this book. And it was, honestly, it nearly pushed me into a second nervous breakdown. I don't like anyone that you approach writing a book this way. But if I hadn't had that insane um deadline I wouldn't have got the book written because I I would have procrastinated and it would never have happened the second book hasn't happened despite the fact that I kept talking about it ever since um so I wrote this book and it's it's about so it's it's kind of my story um but it's also I go quite deep into the yoga philosophy and some of the practices so it's almost like a yoga philosophy for beginners and um it really goes, you know, I mean, I'm talking about recovering from addiction, but it can be applied to anything that you're trying to overcome. You know, you, you swap out alcoholism for anything, you know, any of the challenges. Yoga wasn't invented for healing addiction, but it, it is the perfect when you go deeper into looking at the philosophy and you go beyond what you do on a yoga mat. It's it's, there's actually a lot of similarities between yoga philosophy and the 12 step philosophy mm. in terms of some of the, some of it. Um, but what, what is the, what's the name of your book? What's the name? It's of called, your... it's called bent back into shape. And then the subtitle is beating addiction through yoga. And is that available? Is that available on Amazon? It, it is available on Amazon. It's the only place it is available. I haven't I just can't deal with formatting it for anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's bent, bend back into shape? Bent back into shape, yeah. Fantastic, folks. Get on Amazon and look for that. I, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm, I, when, when was that? When did you publish that? 2016. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it came out in, I think, May 2016. And then I re it and republished it on the 12th of October in that year, which was my um, second year anniversary of being sober. Okay. So, All right. So um, did the, you had said, you just, you just briefly mentioned that you've been talking for years about having a second book. Would that be a sequel to this first one here? Well, I don't think it, I mean, I think I will probably never stop talking about my, my <laughs> because it is such a fundamental part of who I am now and, and what I do. But I the the idea that I've got, I, I do want to do it. I need somebody to give me another crazy deadline so I'll actually do it. But I want to write, I mean, when I look back at that book now, I want to basically rewrite it to talk about the ADHD because there's so much that I thought I knew about myself then that actually now I know I've got ADHD. It's like I've got a completely different understanding of myself. So if I was to go back and rewrite that book, then I would have to put, you know, it, it would be, it basically would become a, sec a different book. So yeah. um, what I would like to do is write about, um, I love to talk about breath because I think learning to breathe properly was, was the main thing that helped me. And um, I know that there's so many ways that that can benefit people with ADHD in terms of calming of, you know, we've got very, very busy minds. Yes. 
you'll never get it empty. You'll never get stillness, but you can calm it and you can calm your emotions and you can, you can just bring yourself into the moment when your mind's racing in 500 different directions. So what I want to write about is breathing and to tie in the um, addiction, because I, I, I will never be able to talk about my life without talking about the fact that I, I got sober because it, it's, it basically, my drinking defined me for 20 years. And then, you know, my sobriety defines how I live my life now. So um, it'll be combined, but it will be very much for, more focused on ADHD because there's a lot of women out there now who are, I mean, I think there's an awful lot of women like me who are in their sort of late forties, wondering why their life has always been the way it was. And maybe they're just coming out of some sort of substance abuse or maybe food addiction or something. Because once you take that addiction away, you stop self-medicating and then the symptoms get worse, which I noticed, you know, I, I, I got sober and suddenly I seemed like I was even less in control of myself in lots of ways because I wasn't medicating myself with alcohol anymore. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I think there's a lot of women out there who would probably benefit from a woman, maybe a woman in recovery, definitely a woman with ADHD in their forties writing about, a simple way that you can manage those those symptoms and and that you can find your way to a happier place to be to, to better relationship with yourself what an amazing you just you just you have a really a really wonderful way of describing things the way that you use your words because you you made it easy for me to i'm a visual person and the way you just described certain things gave me a good visual um, how you said that once you were no longer self-medicating, the symptoms of your ADHD were much more prevalent and mm. came right to the surface and you're, you thought you were losing it. Mm. And you said that there's probably a lot of other women out there like that. There probably is. And honestly, it's yeah. nothing since it's not, it's not part of who I am. It's nothing I've really thought about, but incredibly interesting to hear about. And now I'm thinking, you know, you're right. There probably are an awful lot of people out there who struggled their whole life, not, yeah. not quite getting, you know, why does my brain work this way? Mm. And why have I ran into so many, you know, why has my life been so bumpy? Yeah. ADHD is, is terribly underdiagnosed in girls and women because the idea that people have of ADHD is the naughty boy who won't sit still in school. Sure. I wasn't like that. I absolutely wasn't like that. But but in girls, it tends to manifest as inattentiveness, so daydreaming and and poor underachievements um, and and emotional problems. You know, we women get a lot more of the emotional turbulence that isn't actually recognised in the official diagnostic criteria. But but anyone who works with ADHD and anyone who has ADHD knows that the emotional problems are actually the hardest. To, to deal with, particularly for women. And because of course we've got our hormonal stuff going on, you know, through, through we've got the, we're, we're at the mercy of our emotions anyway, with our estrogen and with our menstrual cycles. And then in, in menopause, right. um, yeah, a, a lot of women who, you know, once you hit menopause, then because your emotion, your, your hormones are changing, then the, the, the coping strategies that you've built up over your life suddenly don't work anymore because you're, you're everything's just gone a bit mad anyway because right yeah you have to shift you've got to continually shift 
Mm, your yeah, mindset. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned earlier about the breathing. I am a firm believer in that. Um, and that's for, you know, anxiety and depression and all kinds of yeah. stuff. The breathing yeah. for daily life, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, to Always be powerful. Able, yeah. To be able to yeah. take that. I always tell myself, because I use it, I, I use breathing techniques, but one thing I'm always saying to myself is, you know, in with the good, out with the bad. Yeah. Yeah, so in yeah. through the nose, out through the mouth, in with the good and out with the bad. Yeah. And do that several times. And that that brings me down, you know, yeah. when I find myself getting just a little extra edgy. Um, and breathing is just, you know, obviously it's just one of the, one of the techniques to do that, but what an important one. I love how you yeah. brought that up. Um, it, it is. It's it's vital. It, it's, I mean, it, I, I, I've got a tattoo on my wrist that I got in India after I published, which was a celebration of publishing the book. But it's it says, breathe. It's it's a lotus. I could show you, but nobody see it. But you see it says, yeah. lotus. Okay. And it says, breathe. And it's there as a reminder. Like When life is overwhelming, if I just take a couple of minutes to just come back to my breath, it, it changes everything. It gets me out of my head, into my body, and in my body, I'm not stressed. It's only my, it's only the stress lives in my mind. Yeah, when you let, I always <laughs> call it for myself. I call it that swirl, and I'm like, I've got to, got to calm that swirl down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really good word for it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wow wow this has been amazing this has been amazing i've absolutely loved having you on let fear bounce you have shared so much information that for those folks out there listening i am sure will be invaluable just thank you so much for being on on let fear bounce oh you're so welcome thank you for inviting me it's been lovely. i would love to have you on again if you're open oh. to that few months down the road let's Definitely. let's revisit having you on again because your journey is amazing and i know that there's so much more that you can probably share with our listeners that will help them <laughs> whether they're dealing with addiction or um, anxiety or you want to talk more about yoga and how that helps and the breathing mm -hmm. we need everybody especially in this world the way it is now how it's so you know crazy yeah all of these things that you mentioned today are just incredibly helpful and so many could benefit so i would love to have you on again i would love to yeah right, wonderful thank you thank you thank you so much esther for being on let fear bounce and i am really looking forward to talking to you again down the road yeah you too thanks kim thank uh you